Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Gore Christ, Dr. Vincent West here with the man, the founder and CEO of Metal Blade Records, Brian Slagle. How you doing, man? Good, thanks. How are you? Good. We're very excited we're here to promote, for the sake of heaviness, the history of Metal Blade Records. Uh, looks awesome. The I really love the uh, the pre-order package here, because you got the, the cassette that comes with it. That's really nice. Um, it's also the 34th anniversary today of Kill Em All, which is amazing. Insane. So uh, let's just get right to it. Brian, I wanted to. T- I know you're a big Thin Lizzy fan. Yes. And I wanted to thank you. Uh, I remember when you put several of the records out remastered on CD for the first time, and I thought that was so cool. I've still got those, actually. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I, I actually prefer the sound on those as I do to the deluxe editions that they put out, those imports. Well, Thank you so much. We we spent a lot of time trying to make them sound good, so <laughs> they're really really nice. Uh, wanted to kind of talk to you real quick for a sec. Uh, you seem to have a wonderful relationship with uh, King Diamond slash Merciful Fate, Cannibal Corpse, Armored Saint, Fate's Warning. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that. It's it's just so amazing to have that catalog and to have it for the length of time that you have I think that's that says something great about you yeah you know it's really I'm really lucky to you know not only work with all these amazing people but also they're all really good friends of mine so it's always a good thing to be able to work with your friends and uh, you know hopefully I think that's vice versa on their part so that helps uh, you know keep it going for a long period of time because it's it's not just 
about the business end of things is also you know you get to work with good friends of yours too. That's wonderful. That's very wonderful. Uh, wanted to ask you real quick. Do you want to talk a little bit about um, how you got into the music industry? Yeah, sure. So I was uh, by mistake, really. But uh, I uh, I was just a kid, um, you know, 20 years old. I was obsessed with the new wave of British heavy metal in L.A. And I got lucky enough to, uh, well, I started a fanzine, first of all, the, the, right. the first ever U.S. fanzine, the new heavy metal review, R-E-V-U-E. I don't know why, but we did it that way. Um, and then I started working in a record store and uh, doing a bunch of other things, you know, doing some local shows and helping the local radio station out. And there's a scene in L.A. that was happening that, that nobody really knew about, you know, a million years ago before anybody, you know, there was internet or anything. Right. So, you know, there was this great scene happening in L.A. with, you know, Motley Crue and Rad and a bunch of other bands. And, and no one cared. There was no coverage of it. There were no labels that cared about it. There was really no nothing. And I, I felt like if somebody didn't do something, it might just go away. So I kind of got the idea, working in the record store, to put together a compilation album of the local L.A. heavy metal bands. And I asked the distributors who I work with at the store if they carry it. And they said, sure. So I went about putting this album out. And uh, that came out. And I, I had no money. I barely got enough money to manufacture 2,500 copies. And wow. it came out and did all right. And one of the distributors said, hey, we know you don't have any money, but you seem like you kind of know what you're doing. We'll give you a pressing and distribution deal, which means we'll pay for all the manufacturing if you just bring us stuff. So I set about trying to find bands that could somehow record something and put it out. It's awesome, man. That's really, it's it's fascinating to me. I've been a, a fan of your label for so long, I feel like I grew up with it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, I wanted to talk to you something, just this super quick about this, because I was always curious about this. Um, on the Fates Warning album, Parallels, I remember when I initially bought that, it was you grouped up with Warner Reprise, and I remember it said that it was done in Q sound. Yeah, I think that was one of those. Uh, there was all these like different things going on back there with these old sounds, and you know, even that was predating uh, like the whole surround sound. Thing. Yeah, definitely. Because we did that record with uh, with Terry Brown, who did all the Rush records up in Toronto, which was amazing, awesome. by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they had some new technology up there that they did everything with. And I, it just was some, you know, I don't know, it, it made the it made it sound a little bit better. I, I'm not a tech, I'm not that big of a tech guy to explain exactly what it was. And they told me what it was, and I still was like, all right, well, whatever. <laughs> but it sounded cool at the time, so. Right. It's, it. That record, I still have my original pressing, the Warner Reprise of the CD. I also have the the 3D Deluxe that you put out as well. But I I, I prefer I love the sound on that man. That thing still sounds good without any kind of remastering. I just I was always fascinated with that. I was something I just always wanted to ask you as a fan. Um, yeah, that, that that definitely would be a better question for Terry Brown. Who was like I said, I mean, a legendary guy, and for us to be able to work with him sure. on all records, and a amazing guy too. Such a cool, really great music guy. And, you know, he did a phenomenal job on that record. We spent you know, the band was up there for like six, seven weeks, and I was up there for a while too. And it was a, a really great experience doing it. And I think that was just some technology that they had that just made everything sound better. So it's. I just wanted to thank you for that. It's one of my favorite records. Uh, just, oh, awesome. I still love it. Um, Talking about something else, kind of just same kind of thing. It's a little different here. Uh, wanted to talk to you about the which I bought both the censored covers of the uh, Cannibal Corpse releases back in the day. Yes, man, those were cool too. I liked having both. I thought it was cool because you could, you know, you've got the uncensored and then you've got the censored artwork, which I personally find to be highly collectible. I, I like especially having both. Too, the mutilated. So oh yeah, alternate artwork was actually really really creepy and uh, it was fun too. So. 
Yeah, you know, we, we kind of were forced to do those sort of things because of, <laughs> I mean, it kind of started with PMRC and all that nonsense. And then, right. you know, there's just a lot of record stores that wouldn't bring in any, anything that was really extreme. And at that point, it's kind of funny to look back at it now. And I mean, it's still extreme, but there's so much other stuff that's come out since then. You're like, really? Right. Not right. Yeah. So we, we, but we tried to make the, the uh, alternate versions of the, you know, edited versions, whatever, at least make them kind of cool so it wasn't just, you right. know, putting out some record that, oh, okay, we got to do two covers, so we'll just do something kind of dumb. So we tried to make them look good. So uh, Right. But it, it's funny, though, the, in, in, in every... In every one of those records we did, the uncensored, so much soul outsold the censored. It was crazy. Oh yeah. Oh sure. People feel like they're a part of something that's you know. Well, and the funny thing is too, a lot of the stores that first brought in only the uncensored, eventually because there was so much demand for the uncensored, would bring in the uncensored. So like, why did you make us do this in the first place? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you were kind of but not yeah. offended. Um, yeah. Wanted to ask you your your relationship with uh, King Diamond. Yes. How did that come about? So I, I was a massive, massive Bristol Faith fan. I went to England in uh, 1983 uh, with a friend of mine, and we kind of traipsed all around uh, England, like buying up the last of the New Wave of British Heavy Metal records and seeing some shows. And awesome. one of my friends over there had gotten the original Bristol Faith cassette demo tape and gave it to us. And it was amazing. And at the very end of that trip, we completely spent all our money on records and everything. So we had zero <laughs> money left. So we we had to get like a we stayed at a hostel for like three or four days in London, and we had we had enough money to like buy a loaf of bread, some cheese, and it was a, a bed and breakfast. So we ate as much as we could <laughs> in the morning to kind of have it. And my we, all we had was a little tiny uh, terrible cassette player, and that was the only cassette we had. So I think we just listened to that demo over and over a thousand times that, that whole stuff in London and each time it got better and heavier so I've been a fan since day one and uh, I was lucky enough to meet him um, I went to saw King Diamond I mean Merciful Fate when they came to, one time they came to LA uh, in the early days and uh, I didn't actually meet King but I, I, I met Hank and a couple of the other guys briefly because right. I had known them because we tried to get Merciful Fate on the original Metal Masker album and I was talking to the manager they had at the time and it didn't work out because they ended up signing that deal for the Nuts Have No Fun EP right before that so right. it didn't happen so they knew who I was and I knew who they were so I met them briefly there but it wasn't really until I think the first King Diamond actual tour that I went to San Antonio to see them play and kind of hung with King for the first time for a while and just a really great guy a really great music guy we kind of started talking then and we just became friends over the years and then when, the, when he was a free agent we ended up signing him to the label and, and uh, it's really kind of a, kind of crazy but over all these years we've become really really close friends where we you know hung out him and his wife and my wife and I would hang out all the time and I've been to his house countless times and just amazing. Uh, he's a really 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 great guy and it's, uh, it's a lot of fun not only to work with him but it's you know it's, he's a great friend as well that's awesome. Yeah, and he hasn't missed a beat either. I mean, he's still kicking ass, and it's really nice to watch. Um, well, man, he's been yeah, doing those time. tours. Big time. Wait till you see all the, the stuff coming out soon. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, we're that's, excited. Yeah, that's great. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about, because I've always, <clears throat> I was always a, I, first of all, I'm a huge Goat Horror fan, and thank you for signing them. I love that band. Yeah, they're, oh, awesome. Cool. They're friends um, of ours, too. They are <clears throat> very good. We 
pleasure of interviewing those cats back in May. It was very cool. And but I wanted to thank you for, and I, I love as a fan. I wanted to thank you for the uh, mail order only packaging for Vengeful Ascension. <laughs> cool. Yeah, nice. we always try to do something different. No, those are those guys are great guys. They're super easy to work with. Oh yeah, love them. Love them to death. They're a fun right? bunch, especially the later it gets into the night. They're very. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> Sammy will force you to drink. Yeah, sure. yeah. Good stuff. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, your relationship uh, with Metallica? Sure. So I, <laughs> I, uh, when I was eighteen, and uh, Lawrence was sixteen, I met him at a, at a Michael Shanker show in L.A., and we just became friends. He had just moved from uh, from Denmark to L.A. and didn't That's know crazy. anybody. He was a big fan of the new wave of British heavy metal, as was I. So we became really good friends, and we drive hours on end to uh, to record stores trying to find the, the one or two singles that, that that we might be able to get there. And right. we used to listen to music because he, you know, he had come come to LA, like I said, not knowing anybody and not expecting anybody in LA would have any clue as to what was going on over in Europe. And you know, here I was, and my, my friend John as well. We were all three into it, so right. we became really good friends and. Um, I said, talk about all this in the book as well, but he had a drum set that was like not even put together, just laying in the corner of his room. He's like, I'm going to start a band. We're like, yeah, sure, right, right. Yeah, sure you are, Lars. <laughs> but whatever, whatever. And uh, as time went on, you know, I, I got the, you know, started working at the record store and decided to, uh, you know, put this compilation album out. And he called me up and said, hey, if I put together a band, could I be in your album? I'm like, sure, why not? And uh, that ended up being uh, this band called Metallica that has had a slight bit of success overall. All <laughs> Just a little bit of a success. Just a little bit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I remain really good friends with all those guys forever. You know, Lars and I, uh, a lot of times we'll hang out and we'll revert to the, uh, you know, 18, 16 year old kids talking about how great this, this band is or that band is or right. whatever. So uh, it's, been, it's been pretty insane. I mean, you know, obviously we've been on our journey, but it's been pretty insane to, to watch them through, through their journey as well. Sure. I mean, not, none of us in a million years would have ever thought back then when we first were, you know, hanging out that any of this is even possibly could happen. It's, it's really is, when you sit, sit down and think about it, pretty, pretty mind blowing. Yeah, right. it's surreal. It's, Very it has to be so. for you, yeah. Um, I want to talk to you about, um, because I'm, I'm curious about this. I've always been curious about this. Do you do you still look for bands when you uh, like when you hear a new band? Do you approach them or do you send people to approach them or is there, are you still involved doing things like that with the label? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's you know one of the things that, that is, that's probably the most exciting thing that I get to do is and kind of goes back to the core of, of why you start the label in the first place is try to find good bands and turn people onto them. That's so, awesome. To, to this day, absolutely, and, you know, all uh, you know, it's a it's a little bit different. Like I don't go out to clubs as much as I used to, and I just don't have time. And it's a whole different avenue with what's going on with the internet now. Where right. usually people, somebody I know will say, "Hey, I heard this band the other day. Check it out." And I'll check it out. Then if it's good, then you know, either I'll reach out to them directly, or somebody in the company will. Like it's in Europe, we'll have our you know, sometimes we'll have our European company. But we just the other day. Uh, a couple weeks ago, actually, one of the agents that we work with turned me on this really amazing band and said, hey, I want you to check this out. I listened to it. I thought, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. He gave me the contact info, so I just basically went straight to the guy and said, I love the band. Let's do something together, and we put it together. So it's not quite done yet, so I can't tell you what it is. But right. 
um, it's pretty close to doing that. So yeah, I mean, that stuff happens still, cool. still all, all the time. And that's super fun for me because you know that's ultimately what what I, I love to do is like finding, seeing a band or, or hearing a band for the first time that no one knows about, it, and then hopefully being able to help them to where a lot of people know about them. Like you know, right. that was the situation with Ghosts where you know. The label we were distributing, Rise Above, sent me a bunch of CDs that they were putting out. We were distributing them in the U.S., and one of them being Ghost. And right. I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I immediately called them up and said, this is phenomenal. And they're like, yeah, you know, some some project band from these guys and other bands. I go, no, 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 no. This is, like, insanely amazing. This is going to be huge. Like, really? Yeah. I go, yes, I swear it is. This is <laughs> and uh, they're doing all right now. Oh, yeah, yeah they are. There's people I know don't even like, you know, extreme music or just, like, that thematic element of music at all and they love ghosts so I mean it's kind of crazy how it's been working out for them so. well it's kind of surreal I, I saw them here in uh, in uh, New York City over the weekend opening for Iron Maiden I saw a bunch of those shows but still was nice. amazing seeing them do that so that's awesome oh yeah yeah it's great they're out with all kinds of folks now, we always try to do like an album of the month or something like that trying to you know throw new albums out at people to see their opinions on it uh, what's your favorite record right now it doesn't even have to be Metal Blade Record, just something that you're actually been listening to, if you have the time. Well, strangely enough, you know, it kind of goes back and forth. And I still, I still go back a lot of times and listen to the to classic stuff. I'll go through bouts of, you know, Rainbow Rising or Sabotage by Black Sabbath. But of course, yeah. I kind of went back to because uh, I've seen Maiden now in the last couple of weeks, like three or four times. So I went back to the the new Maiden album, The Book of Souls, which I really love. Yeah. When it first came out, I think this is. For me, this is the best record they've done since Bruce has been back in the band. He came back after he left after, uh, um, what was the record? I, think, I always forget the record after Seven Son of Son. But anyway, I, I think it's probably the best world. record they've done since Seven No Prayer for the Dying. No Prayer for the Dying. Yeah, No Prayer for the Dying. So I, I, I love that record. And like right. The Red and Black is amazing. So since I've been seeing him, seeing him play alive, I kind of got back. I hadn't listened to it for a while. So I kind of got back, get, got sucked back into listening to that a lot lately. So. Awesome. Yeah, I've been listening to uh, Kill by Cannibal Corpse, which is, uh, I don't know, that, going back now and listening to that again, I just really love that record, too. It's a, a kick-ass record. Uh, yeah, I haven't been listening to as much uh, other music that I want to, because I've been listening to Cannibal Corpse and Black Valley Murder mixes and masterings and all this stuff, trying oh, yeah. to get those records done. So, unfortunately, when you get stuck into that, it's hard to listen <laughs> to a lot of other stuff. Right. But. But both are really good, so uh, hopefully... Awesome. Which is, they just finished wrapping that up. They announced that tour uh, yesterday. Yeah. So that'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, we just, we just pretty much, I think, as of today, pretty much just uh, yep. figured out the mastering, so... Amazing. They did that Eric that with Eric, is that right? Yeah, Eric Rutan. Yeah, they wanted to... They really wanted to get a really kind of super heavy guitar tone, and uh, and I think I think we got it, hopefully, so... Awesome. If he's behind the board, he's... He's amazing. I mean, that's to me, and I kind of talked to you about this real quick. Yeah, I, to me, he's the the modern day Scott Burns. Yeah, he certainly does a lot of great stuff, and he's, he's done a lot of really good stuff for us. And you know, the, the fact that he's a musician certainly helps 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 do it too. Because you know, he knows you know he can help those guys make sure they, that they that they're playing everything right. They get the tone, especially like a guitar tone. It's really yeah. uh, important for that. And you know, since he's a, an amazing musician. <laughs> Sense, but yeah, oh, he's yeah. done a great job. He's got a really nice studio down in uh, right outside of Tampa there. So, oh yeah, the prime real estate. It, it's easier for Cannibal to record there, that's for sure. Yeah, and even with his uh, 
vocals. I've noticed he's brought out a lot of new vocal styles, like with uh, Ben from Goat Whore and uh, Homuth from, from Belphegor. You know, their vocals change going through him, and it, they sound better, I think, you know. Yep, um, no, he's really great at that. I mean, this, you know, even this this cannibal record. I mean, every cannibal record he's done, he's done a great job with George. And, oh yeah, yeah, we're we're all really happy with with the new one. It's definitely it's a little bit, you know, you always try to be a little bit different. I think this is a little bit more kind of old school sounding, maybe. So, right. uh, but anyway, we're always excited for the artwork. We always get ready for that one. You know, the, <laughs> Good old Vince Locke. Yeah, the the unveiling. It's it's like picking up a a, com- a new comic book, and you're like, oh, yeah. that cover's amazing this month. So you know. Exactly. Um, did you have a, a good relationship with Scott Burns? Did you guys? Um... Oh my gosh, yes! I, I love working with Scott. Scott was because you know, obviously he did a bunch of stuff for us, and then we got to work together on a couple of those Six Feet Under records. So. Sure. But being in the studio with him, he's such a great guy, like a really really good guy, an incredibly smart, amazing engineer. So awesome. Uh, yeah, I love him. In fact. I, um, you know, he kind of left the business for for a while, and I ran into him a couple years ago at a, I think it was a can, it was a can, yeah, can, um, no, it was Behemoth. Who else was Cannibal? Yeah, Behemoth Cannibal tour in Tampa. And I, I'd seen okay. it for years. And it was so great to, to see him again and, and hang. I was like, all these other people were try, trying to hang out. I go, no, I only want to talk to Scott Burns. Leave, leave me alone. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. But yeah, he was, uh, and still is, a, a really a really great fit. Awesome. Yeah, we always get into the, the Scott Burns discussion. You know, we we love that dude and all his work. He did so much shit for, for you know, metal. And, oh, man, yeah, he know. was, I mean, he was the guy. I mean, that scene, you know, probably would, I mean, any of those scenes, you know, you got to have somebody that understands it to make it sound good. And he yeah. was the guy that made all that stuff sound really, really good. And, and speaking of Chris, we had him on not too long ago, and he's such a down-to-earth dude um you know we speak very highly of chris on here you know we still uh we love him to death so um <clears throat> what was your relationship with chris do you guys still have a good relationship you know six feet under and all that and yeah absolutely yeah, i mean i've you know i've known him for for forever we were talking uh, a while ago it's been I, he told me how many years it's some insane amount of years ago <laughs> no, 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 tell me that so yeah, it's always always had a good relationship with him, and he, um, you know, it's, unfortunately I haven't seen him a lot lately because he moved up to Seattle, yeah. and uh, you know, obviously when he was in Tampa, because I'd I'd place in Tampa because we had so many bands there, we would hang out all the time, yeah, in Tampa. But he's up in Seattle, so I haven't I haven't seen him nearly as much. We we keep talking about like trying to, you know, he either going to go up there, he's going to come down to me, or one of these days we'll we'll hang. But he's super great guy I and mean, we've worked with him for forever and ever on you know obviously both Cannibal and, uh, and right. Six Feet so oh yeah, yeah there's a really funny video that he did it was with him and Kelly and I, if I'm not mistaken it was a Metal Blade video where they're sitting by a pool and they're just talking about like horror movies and it's really funny oh, yeah yeah absolutely that was in Tampa yeah, <laughs> yeah. <remember> that. <laughs> we watch, I would watch that all the time just to awesome. have, a, have fun with it Ron, are you a are you a horror fan at all? We do horror as well as death metal on this podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm more old school guy. That's like what we are. We would love to hear you talk about that, sir. Yeah, I mean, Dawn of the Dead to me is the greatest horror movie of all time. It probably been my top two or three movies ever. And you know, anything uh, obviously just passed away. Yeah, uh, Romero. I mean, yeah. Evil Dead, Night of the Living Dead. You know, a Dawn of the Dead reunion there, and then. Um you know, he canceled. We found out about the health thing. It's like shit. That doesn't sound very good. And then, you know, because um, that's very that's very hard loss. You know, honestly, 
uh, for horror oh, fans terrible. everywhere. Just, yeah. just terrible. I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, what a legendary guy. Yeah. You know, I go back to well, you're the the uh, the name of your podcast here is one of my all time favorite movies. Of course, you're not spelling it correctly, but uh, fantastic. Yeah. Well, that's on purpose, you know. Yeah, we did right, that so we don't have Mr. Coscarelli send us a check, <laughs> a, a, a lawyer bill. No, we that yeah, that's our favorite movie, you know, at least mine. Oh, that's no, why we named it yeah. that way. Yeah, yeah, Phantasm's definitely. Yeah, I'm a big Tom Savini fan. I'm actually involved. If it ever gets finished, this uh, they're doing a remake of Nightmare City, the huh. original movie that came out in the '80s. So he's yeah. doing a remake of it that we're kind of a, a bit of a part of. And we, I was a part of the last uh, Rob Zombie movie, Thirty One. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's actually really good. That's probably the best movie he's done in a long yeah, time. Yeah, we liked it. We know, liked I can't it. Say I'm a massive Rob, Rob Zombie. Movie we are. Like, I'm not yeah. really into the new school of you know yeah. salt and all this sort of torture or whatever. I like the old school stuff, but I do. I, that was kind of a, a bit of a throwback splatter movie, kind of. So yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it came out pretty well for what it was. Yeah, because we do mainly, you know, with the. I think it's kind of weird the correlation between. Extreme music and horror. I mean, obviously, it's like, you know, bread and butter. But oh, big time! The resurgence of of old school horror movies through Blu-ray restoration. It it goes hand in hand with how extreme music's kind of coming back too. It's like almost with like vinyl. Maybe I don't know how it's coming. It's just it's just happening. Everything is going backwards in a positive way. You know. Well, good. Maybe you can answer a question for me. So one of my all-time favorite underground horror movies was Doctor Butcher, M.D. I actually just bought that the other day on Blu-ray, the <laughs> with the oh, Zombie Holocaust. Oh, yeah, awesome. I got it. Yeah, <laughs> we we used to watch that back in the early '80s. We used to have all the all the metal bands would come over, like Lizzie Borden, Bitch, Metallica, Armored Saint, Savage Grace. Everybody, we'd all come over and have <laughs> movie nights, and that was one of our favorite ones. We go back to it. It's awesome. I, gotta, I definitely got to go out and buy that for sure. Oh yeah, the, if you get the first, was it three thousand or five thousand copies? You get like a barf bag that comes with it. <laughs> it's I think uh, Severin put it out, so it's. Definitely go uh, check them out. They got some other good titles on there as well. Awesome, I love it. Cool. <clears throat> if you're a Reanimator fan, they're about to Arrow's about to put a super deluxe edition of the first Reanimator yep. out. Phenomenal movie as well. Yeah, absolutely. Actually, that's where I got my name from. Vincent Price and West is from Herbert West. Oh, awesome! Yeah, <laughs> that's, where, that's where that's yeah, where it came from. All that old school stuff is so good. Yeah, it's great. We're actually we've got uh, Bruce Campbell coming on in October, which I'm oh, absolutely I'm not even supposed to talk about it, but yeah, I'm freaking out about it. So. <laughs> yeah, I become pretty good friends with Adam Green uh, and uh, Joe Lynch. You know, Adam did all the Hatchet. Movies. Yeah, yeah, Hatchet movies. Yeah, yeah, they're huge metal guys too. So. Awesome. Yeah, we'd love to have them on. That would be awesome. Uh, Corey, uh, we're supposed to have uh, Kane Hodder on at some point. So oh, nice. we get those cats too. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we. It's like like Corey was saying. It just I think all of it just goes hand in hand. And as a kid growing up, I'm in my 40s, and it's like growing up, all the horror stuff. And then when death metal came out, I was just in heaven, you know. Oh yeah, I was like 15, 16 years old. It's like especially when you got the the Cannibal Corpse covers and stuff like that. It's like straight out of the Creep Show or something. Oh, it's great. Like, yeah, man, this is awesome. Exactly. What was yeah, we're all we're on to that? What was the first uh, horror movie that you saw? I think it was actually The Exorcist. No, it was mine too. Mine too. Yeah. I think that kind of started yeah, everything. It, really, yeah, when it first came out, it was pretty uh, pretty disturbing. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I loved it. Made me pee my nightgown too. You know. 
<laughs> and we actually we actually did the uh, although it's embarrassing to say that we did the we did the the soundtrack for the, unfortunately the worst of the nightmare uh, on Elm Street movies, Freddy's Dead, which I don't even think is out on DVD at this point. It's an old soundtrack for that, which you know still was <laughs> was fun to do, but yeah, it's the worst one. So <laughs> now the talking about this uh, real quick, the Enigma pairing with that stuff. How did that happen? Well, that was the the distributor that initially came to me when you know when I brought up the Metal Masker. They're called Green World, and they eventually morphed into Enigma. So we were just with them really from the beginning until okay. Enigma kind of kind of blew up and then went bankrupt. Wow. I remember buying the Leatherface Texas Chainsaw Massacre 3 CD. I still have that. <laughs> nice, nice. I love it. It's classic shit. Anyway. Oh, yeah. The Death Angel song, the Laws Rocket tune, yeah. and all that. Yeah. Yep. Some yep. good stuff. Um, so, we'll talk about uh, your book, and uh, let's talk about how folks, our listeners, can pick up a copy of that. So, yeah, so it's, uh, well, right now the pre-order is on, go to metalblade.com, and you can find the pre-order there, and you can order from, from us there. And then, uh, obviously, the usual suspects, Amazon, iTunes, all the digital versions, you know, obviously order the, the print book on Amazon as well. Uh, it's through BMG Books, so it's BMG owns Random House and Penguin, so they're, like, one of the bigger, if not the biggest book distributor, so uh, BMG's doing this music division, which is where our book is coming out through, so awesome. should be able to find it all the local bookstores, and Record, if, metal, if any of the metal record stores or your local record stores have books, it should be in there. So, should be pretty readily available. And I guess the audio book, they told me the audio book comes out later. So, the audio book will be sometime next year, I guess. Now, will you be doing the audio book reading as well? Uh, I suppose so, because the book's kind of in my, uh, most of the book is in my, uh, from my perspective. So, I guess I'm going right. to have to, but. I'm going to bring in somebody really cool to do because we have interviews with bands and awesome, you know, a bunch of other people talking, you know, different bands and you know people from the label and stuff. So That's I'll great. get somebody good to read that part, so you don't get bored of hearing me. <laughs> and get John Bush to do it. Yeah, uh, he's at the top of my list. He's got uh, the voiceover work. We we had him on earlier this year and we were talking to him about that about the Burger King job. And yeah, all that. I think it's awesome. It man. is awesome. No, he's at the top of the list because that's what he does. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's the man. Yep, exactly. That's exciting. We'll definitely uh, have to look for the book and get that picked up. And uh, We're happy to celebrate the 35th anniversary of Metal Blade with you. Uh, yeah, Being thank fans you. listening to it still to this day. and It's just awesome. going to keep fucking going, man. I can't thank you enough for, for all the hard work you do and you continue to do. and uh, Just making us feel like we're part of something. It's really nice. and just want to personally thank you as a fan for that, for doing that for us. Thanks so much. I appreciate your support. I mean, not for you guys and everybody else out there supporting it. We can't do it. So, right. thank you too. Well, we try to we try to definitely do that, and all your great the great bands you have on the label, and, and uh, all your support to helps make our podcast a reality too. So, yeah. thank you for that as well. Awesome. No worries, man. Thanks. Awesome. Hi, this is Brian Slagle from Metal Blade Records, and you're listening to the Phantasm Podcast. Oh, it was perfect. Awesome, Brian. This has been an absolute honor, sir. Oh, thanks, guys. And Cannot one, thank you enough. And one more thing, uh, how do you think the the Kings are going to do next year? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, they got a good core of, of uh, you know, as long as everybody's healthy, you know, Daddy Kovatar and, and Quake coming back. But I don't know. They're right. just not that deep. So, and unfortunately, Edmonton's going to be better. Calgary's going to be better. So I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I didn't expect them to win either of those cups, especially the 2012 cups. So you never know. But 
they're not very deep at this point, so yeah, see, they don't have a lot of stuff coming up. So. You got Corey's Rangers on that one. Corey's yeah, a Rangers because I'm from New York, and uh, yeah. you know the doctor here is from Tampa, so he likes the uh, you know the Lightning. So Lightning are gonna be good. Lightning are gonna be good. They um, you know they got really unlucky last year with all the injuries, but I don't think that can happen again. Uh, they're going to be good. They made they signed all the right guys. So they might be kind of fun to watch. And yeah. the Rangers, I don't know. The Rangers will be decent, but it's they're like the Mets. You expect the stuff, and then it just doesn't happen. So you know. <laughs> <thing around the laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, no, it'll be. It's going to be fun. I think. We know we. I saw where I know we. The, the Lightning had tried to get Joe Thornton. I know you all had talked to Joe Thornton, and then he goes back to the Sharks for a year. Yeah. I don't think I don't know that he would have made any sense in the Lightning. I, I think they've got you know you have enough forwards there. If anything, you need a little help on the fence. But uh, yeah, you know I think I think the Lightning are going to be good. Eisenman's done a really good job of keeping that that core together. Just if they can stay healthy, especially Stamkos, man, that poor guy. Well, you know, it all started when he got ran when Chara ran him into that goalpost a few years ago. And then he came back from that. And then that last year when he fell in Detroit. Which Steve Ott sort of had a hand in that, but they say he didn't, but he did. And then, but you're right; it's like he had that blood clot issue, and it's yeah, it's broke his leg and all. Yeah, things. man, it's yeah. it's. He can stay healthy; they'll be good. Oh, I love him. If, he, if he, again, like you said, though, to stay healthy. But unfortunately, I got my next one coming up. So, right, Ron, fine, thank man. you, man. Thank you for everything. We didn't mean to keep you. Oh, don't worry, it's all good. Okay. I can't start to talk hockey, I can't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to throw it in there. I know you're a huge hockey nut, so we are too. Um, but yeah, congratulations on the 35th anniversary of Metal Blade. Keep it fucking going. Congratulations on the book. We can't wait to read it, and we'll continue to plug it on here for you. And uh, thanks for everything, man. It's been an honor. Awesome. Thank you so much. Take Have care. Good one, guys. Have a good one. All right, take care. It's from Butcher to Perth. Yeah. Cover